Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Adiola Depot here. Thank you so much for downloading Fight Night Extra. A reminder that I'll be joined every single Monday live on TalkSport 2 by Gareth A. Davis to dissect all the latest from the world of boxing and MMA. 2021 is set to be a huge year for boxing, both in the UK and abroad, and we'll have you covered every single step of the way. If you can't join us live, make sure you subscribe to the Fight Night podcast channel to ensure you don't miss an episode. And while you're there, you can also check out some of the other great boxing programming, the likes of Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and the boy from Brownsville, the Mike Tyson story. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Good afternoon. If you love your boxing and you love your MMA, then this is the show for you. Fight Night Extra with myself, Adi Oladipo, and Gareth A. Davis. We'll be discussing all the latest from the world of combat sports today. We're going to discuss the big, big fight from the weekend, including Canelo Alvarez' knockout win over Billy Joe Saunders. We'll also be hearing from a certain Eddie Hearn, who is yet another update regarding AJ Fury. This is a good one, though, trust me. And life after the Khabib and the Magomedov in the UFC lightweight division begins this weekend. We'll look ahead to UFC 262, Oliveira versus Chandler. This is Final Extra here on TalkSport 2. Told me who he wants to fight, Caleb Plant. It's over to Caleb Plant. We'll speak to their team. Wherever that has to take place, that's the fight that must happen for boxing. The undisputed championship at 168 pounds. Yeah, what a big weekend it was for the world of boxing. I mean. To see 73,000, 73,000 AT&T Stadium for Canelo versus Billy Joe Saunders was something special. It really was. Um, just seeing it all there, seeing it unfold, how the fight ended. We are going to talk UFC action as well. Big UFC card on the weekend, UFC 262. We're going to touch on Liam Smith and a fight out in Russia. Everyone forgot about that. Liam Smith, former world chairman, a fight out in Russia, a fight he won. 
not according to the judges. Let's welcome in the great Gareth A. Davis. Uh, Gareth, before we talk about the fight itself, what did you make of this, the event itself? How spectacular did that look? Oh, it looked amazing. And I've got to be honest, I was desperately homesick not being there <laughs> because, you know, the restrictions on travel at the moment, I hate missing the big events. Mm. And it was an awesome build-up all week. You know, the self-belief of Billy Joe Saunders, obviously I'm saying that with, with hindsight now, yeah. but his self-belief last week was extraordinary. He helped to build the event enormously. It created huge interest as it grew. Mm. As you say, they broke the, the record of, of Leon Spinks and Muhammad Ali at the Houston Astrodome yeah. all those years ago, 1978. So it was, a, it was a monumental night in which Canelo furthered his legacy. He really is a very, very dangerous predator. Yeah, you're right. And it takes two to tango, doesn't it? Because look, as much as people critique Billy Joe Saunders and in his ways and everything he was doing, it sold the fight. You know, I always know when a fight's big when my sister comes up to me and says, oh, what's going on in the weekend? Because she knows absolutely nothing about boxing, but she knew about this one just because of what Billy Joe was doing. Billy Joe's all the antics in the lead up to the fight, he done it. I've always wanted to see Canelo in there against someone that made Canelo speak English and Billy Joe brought out the English in Canelo. And I loved it. I loved him selling the fight. He brought out the monster in Canelo as did, well, did, didn't he? Yeah. Not just the English, he brought out the monster. I mean, look, last weekend was extraordinary. I'm just going to mention very quickly, Friday night, I didn't sleep a lot last weekend. Mm. Friday night, I was up working on the Bellator event as well till uh, four or five in the morning from London yeah. for the show that's on the BBC iPlayer. One of the greatest knockouts we've ever seen from Michael Venom Page. Have you seen it yet? Yes, I have. And Extraordinary. We, we, we are going to talk better to a bit later because, I mean, there's, there's a couple of knockouts in there as there well. Were. I mean, there Mr. Were. Rumble Johnson coming back after four years. We're, we're going to talk about him in the light yeah. heavyweight division. So, look, so much to discuss on that. Let, let's quickly touch on um, the Billy Joe Saunders fight. Um, before the stoppage, the corner stoppage, and we're going to get to that as well and all the, the ramifications of that. W what did you have it in terms of scores? I had it five rounds to three to Billy Joe Saunders. Really? You know? I had it five, yeah. three the other way. Yeah, well, you could easily. It's a, it's a difference of one round, mm, mm. you know? So, or, or you could have had it 4-4. Four, four. Yeah. I, I get everybody scoring. Yeah. It depends what you were scoring. Um, you know, people are up in arms about me scoring it 5-3 to Saunders and they think it's a bias. I don't have a bias. It's just how I saw the fight. Yeah. I was writing a live blog on it, scoring round by round. I haven't watched... Yeah, it's what you back. like watching a fight, isn't it? It's what you like. Well, yeah. well, there's no question that in rounds five, six, and seven, Billy Joe Saunders hands down, moving, you know, Canelo hitting air, you know, because basically what we had, I think, in the fight was we got what we expected from the two fighters. Billy Joe Saunders moving, trying to stay away from the big punches, uh, Canelo going to the body early. Mm. You know, he was loading up with everything he threw. And, you know... I think in many ways, um, if the fight had gone 12 rounds, we'd have been having a massive discussion. It's kind of immaterial now, really, because he did the job in the eighth round. I mean, he properly did the job. Um, and I thought it was a fantastic finish by Canelo. Um, but notwithstanding, of course, the, the damage that actually um, has broken the, the orbital socket in a few places for Billy Joe Saunders. And I wish him well um in his recovery i mean he had surgery a few hours ago didn't he yeah. um and i just we haven't heard from him yet and hopefully in the next 24 48 hours we will hear that he has 
had a successful surgery and that he's on his way home. I understand he'll be coming home on Wednesday. You know the way in which, and, and look, we, we wish him a, a good recovery and look, whether or not he fights again, that's a discussion we'll have at a later stage because it, that, that orbital bone fracture looked really bad. I think I saw an x-ray, I don't know if it was an official x-ray, but I saw something and it looked horrific. And just his face, the way which is swelled up, you knew it was dangerous. Me watching the fight, um, Gareth, I, I kind of saw it a couple of different ways. Like, I almost was watching it and I, I've seen... Canelo go through the gears very quickly like he had to against Golovkin and I thought Canelo was still very much in gear two or three there if I'm honest with you I thought Billy Joe had to run through the gears very quickly against Canelo I thought there was still a lot left for Canelo to go and go into that tool bag as you like to phrase it and I think there were more tools that he was ready to pull out well I mean the, the, what, what happened during the fight was that obviously Canelo had decided he would target the body early we saw those three lefts to the side of Billy Joe Saunders, kind of an uppercut left hook um, into the side of Billy Joe Saunders in the first round. Uh, we saw Billy Joe Saunders fight, find some momentum during the fight. The, the, the problem, like I said, we, we, we saw in the fight what we actually expected, which was Saunders doesn't have the power to really trouble Canelo physically to hurt him in the way that Golovkin did in their first fight yeah. when Canelo got on his bike for a couple of rounds in six and seven to regather himself and Canelo realized early on and he had the game plan he wanted he was being genuine he wanted to finish Billy Joe Saunders he wanted to he, hurt him didn't he he wanted to hurt him and mm. he knew that he had the, he's got incredible power at uh, middleweight super middleweight and even at light heavyweight we've mm. seen it all and I, I think We'll talk about where he goes eventually, I'm sure, on the show today. But, yeah. um, you know, it was it was a fascinating, compelling duel up to the eighth round until Saunders was clearly hurt. And I don't think... And I, I think, he, in a way, he did well to get to the end of that eighth round. You could see um, that he was covering up to get to the end of the round. Because yeah, I think that, that uppercut was, I think, like 140 in the round. So you're right, he had another... He had a minute 40 to survive. And, I mean, it, it, it was going to get brutal. I, I'm almost... I, I'm extremely happy. Look, I've seen fighters continue with uh, fractured eye sockets, by the way, and orbital bones. And, you know, watching boxing a long time, you, you start to see those injuries. But I'm so happy that Mark Tibbs, Ben Davison, and Billy Joe Saunders, right, because of his body language in the corner, I'm so happy that fight was over. Because we have seen fighters come out again, and, look, it's not going to be good for them. And it was not going to be good for Billy Joe if he came out in the ninth. You don't want people to suffer life-changing injuries. You don't want people to suffer blindness in the ring. And there's a lot of bloodlust around. You know, Billy Joe Saunders is a divisive figure at times. He polarises a lot of people. He has done. And, of course, you know, a lot of people wanted Canelo to give him his comeuppance. Mm. You know, he delivered that. And, and, you know, but I think, you know, in many ways, he got to the end of the... You could tell that he was very hurt because he had his guard up. The, the entire he didn't counter back and you were you knew when he didn't counter back that he literally was kind of protecting himself putting his armor on in order to get back to the corner i mean carl frotch i thought was brilliant on commentary for DAZN fantastic on saturday night where he said i've had a scratch cornea before when i've been boxing and you suddenly think where am i what's going on here and you're you're not your 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 safety brain your survival brain part of your brain takes over not your fighting brain and you're just regrouping going back to a default setting to get back to that minute between rounds to see where you really are and that's what happened and once he sat on the stool you could actually see because as you say he got the the uppercut when he ducked low which caved his eye socket in and he got the the uppercut 
from the right hand down the middle that knocked his nearly knocked his gum shield out in that round. And you, but you could see a dark um, shape around his eye where it had sunken in, mm. and the eye closing as well. It was clearly an issue, and I think. We've all got pain thresholds, and the pain threshold had become too great. And since we've learned it was multiple fractures, real danger signs. And, you know, it's, he's a human being at the end of the day, and human beings suffer pain, yeah. regardless of how tough they are. But, you know, I, I think some of Billy Joe Saunders' words came back to haunt him a little bit, not, not, not least the things he'd said about Daniel Dubois and so on. And obviously, social media being what it is now, everybody piles on afterwards. But... You know, as a human being that doesn't do that myself, you know, it, it's it, but, it's a but, shame, Gareth, but it's a brutal world. It know? is. But, and look, I, I, again, I'm not advocating that people do pile on because it's not the right thing to do at all. And I, I hate it. This is a dangerous sport. But you're right. Billy Joe Saunders' words after Daniel Dubois took the knee were very much... They've come back to haunt him a little bit here. I, I think we have to be brutally honest and say they've come back to taunt him. We are going to talk more about... The, the, the Canelo, Billy Joe Saunders, what happens to both, where they go. I want to quickly touch on Liam Smith. Let's go back a couple of days. Liam Smith fought in Russia on Friday. Almost almost un, unknown that he was having a fight under El Siesta's boxing uh, promotions. He lost a decision to Kurbanov. There has been outcry because he won. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. There can't be that much outcry because we're the worst for decisions in this country right now over here in the UK. But disappointing for Liam Smith. Absolutely. Look, he's a very rugged fighter, um, he's held the world title before. He fought Canelo, of yeah, course, yeah. didn't he? Um, you know, because obviously Billy Joe Saunders was the seventh British fighter to be seven. Seventh. Incredible. He's done seven of our Brits. It's incredible. Look, Liam Smith will come back from this. He's a very rugged man, a very rugged fighter. Mm. It, it, it was close, but I think I think the Russian just nicked it, to be fair to him. Yeah, no, no, he did. Out of the seven that Canelo has done, who do you think's done the best? Well, Callum Smith... Liam's brother went 12 rounds with him, so you yeah. have to give him praise for that. Will he be the same afterwards? Maybe he'll be even better. Maybe we'll have learnt so much from that. Um, who's done the best against Matthew him? Hatton, Matthew Hatton, Hatton all did the very well yeah. against him. Yeah. He, yeah, and that was a long time ago. Um, you know, Canelo, was, I think, was a 20-year-old when they fought. So, you know, it's the same as his only defeat was when he was 23 to the great Floyd Mayweather. But I think the thing is with Canelo... He's got stronger and more savvy. He's not just a come-forward threshing machine now. He does what some of the great fighters in, in the world at the moment, Terence Crawford, Vassal Lomachenko, Errol Spence, these guys, Teofimo Lopez even, they are come-forward counter-punchers. So you're putting pressure on your opponent. You're making them fight you, throw shots, but you're making them pay mm. with the counters. And so I think what we're seeing from Canelo now apart from that great power and resilience and great chin that he's got and his incredible focus is that he's also very dangerous both offensively and defensively. Indeed. Well said there, the great Gareth Davis. All right, you're listening to Final Extra here on TalkSport 2. Remember, here every single Monday afternoon to discuss all the latest from the world of boxing and mixed martial arts. If you have missed any of the show would like to listen again, then you can check out our podcast over at TalkSport.com under the Fight Net banner. We are going to talk more about Canelo Alvarez and that big win over Billy Joe Saunders. Eddie Hearn has had strong words to say about the potential as well of the AJ Fury fight. He said, I'll let you know what he says after. Canelo and his team just wants a pushover. I mean, you can't fight Canelo in a 20-foot ring. He said he's going home. 
you know, and I believe him actually. I had to have a conversation with Canelo that I was a little bit scared about, and I said to him, do you have a problem with that? He went, no, not at all. This is a massive fight, massive. One of the biggest I've ever been involved with. Saunders has decried this as the modern day David versus Goliath. Let's see if he can do it. Straight right hand connects for Canelo, the crowd roars. And he said Canelo is just relentless. Oh, right hand, best punch of the fight. Billy Joe says, come on. There's the uppercut, and he nods yes that time. Mouthpiece almost came flying out of B.J. Saunders there. Oh, yeah. nice double jab there from Saunders. It's a great jump from Saunders. Keep in mind, Eddie Renoso and Canelo, for that matter, predicted they would stop Saunders in either round seven, eight, or nine. Saunders took an awkward step back, and now he's holding on. The right eye of Saunders is swelling up. Canelo rattling his troops here at AT&T Stadium. They have stopped. Everybody want to hit me, but uh, guess what? Nobody can. This is Fight Night Extra here on Talksport 2 with myself, Adi Oladipo and Gareth A. Davis. I love, I love the final line there from Canelo Alvarez. Everyone, everybody wants to hit me, but they can't. Uh, Billy Joe Saunders certainly tried uh, in the early hours of Sunday morning. He was unsuccessful in bidding to knock off the pound-for-pound pound king the four-weight world champion. And right now, I think everyone will be unsuccessful. Right now, I think he beats every single opponent. I'm about to say easily there. Convincingly at 160 or 168. Let's welcome in Gareth A. Davis to the discussion once again. Uh, Gareth, before we talk about Canelo and what, what next for him, what next for Billy Joe? Um, do you think that's the last time we see him in the ring? Well, no. I mean, that's too early to predict. I mean, you know, he, it will all depend on the outcome of his surgery. Mm. We know we, we've heard from Eddie Hearn that it's, you know, it's multiple fractures to to the eye socket, the orbital bone. Um, you know, it needs to repair. He may need a plate in there. It could be six months before he's back um, back to training and being hit on there. All of those things. It depends how he feels mentally and psychologically after this Addy so and also whether you know after fighting on such a momentous occasion in front of such an enormous crowd against the number one pound for pound fighter in the world the, the pinnacle if you like of his career yeah. who does he fight next there's three opponents there for him for me there's Gennady Golovkin at middleweight mm. or, or, or catch weight because it's a great fight still yeah uh, there's a fight with Callum Smith or there's a fight with Chris Eubank Jr. And I think those are the three fights that would interest Billy Joe Saunders. Of all three of those, in ranking order, Chris Eubank Jr., that would set a British boxing record. Not a record, but that would set it's a, a big light. Fight. It's a big fight, the yeah. Fans. It's a very big fight. Mm. The Golovkin fight is a very interesting fight, but I think maybe Canelo and Golovkin have got to wind it back for a trilogy first. Maybe they have to. And you kind of wonder like what what the want is as well from Billy Joe Saunders. You, you mentioned, obviously, that big fight, 73,000. Yeah, you, you're fighting at the pinnacle of the sport. You're fighting the pound-for-pounder. I mean, look, he still should and will be able to get up for Golovkin and Chris Eubank Jr. and the rest. Maybe even a Demetrius Andrade fight. They're supposed to do that uh, once before. But it's completely different, isn't it? I mean, it's not going to be the same money. It's not going to be 73,000. That's difficult to get up for. I, I don't think it should be. For, for some, it is. 
Well, look, you know, he's he, he he will have got a career best purse for it. I understand it was over $7 million. He's never going to have to work again. He was wealthy enough anyway. He's not a guy that's particularly into money. It depends whether that Romany gypsy fighting spirit of his mm. drives him back. Yeah. You know, yeah. he may pursue Canelo again. You never know. As I say, and 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 I mean this, the fight was compelling enough as it was. Yeah. We talked about it in the build-up. We know Saunders is very, very good. He was very, very good for seven rounds, seven and a half rounds. He had to dare to be great against uh, this Mexican star. He may want to dare again. Yeah. You don't know. And you know, fighters are, are great people in that way. They, they, they. It's all about how they come back sometimes. Yeah, that's a story we like, right? Everyone likes the Rocky Balboa story, don't we? We spoke about the injury. Um, manager editor from Ring Magazine, Tom Gray, also spoke about the injury. And this is what he had to say, because he's still got concerns of how bad that injury could be. I hate the fact that he's copped an injury like that. It's, it's terrible because we've seen with Kel Brook, when he sustained a similar injury against Errol Spence, you know, it's almost like the facial structure. There's a possibility that the facial structure never really changes from that, and you're in the wrong game for, for that to be against you. So, no, I wish him all the best. I mean, he, he gave it everything that he possibly could, but I just I really wish that he didn't sustain an injury like that. Yeah, look, he's right, right? I mean, those are those are career-threatening injuries. They are difficult to come back from. We saw uh, Kelbrook in that first fight with Golovkin, and then it was the second orbital bone and the second fight against Errol Spence, and it's it's damaged Kel's career, right? I mean, I, I had high hopes for Kel, and look, he achieved so much, but those two injuries, aside from other stuff outside the ring, really affected him going forward. Yeah, and you saw it in the, in the Terence Crawford fight. You yeah. know, it, it takes, I think, you know, being having been around a long time, you know, you you do you see the invincibility of the young fighter, mm. and you 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 have to face your own mortality at times. You know, you have to face the fact that that there is a weakening of the body as you get older. There there are the body does face wear and tear. Yeah, you know, he took a big big punch that's erratically eradicably changed his life and like you say could have eradicably eradicably have changed the bone structure yeah. in his face so that he isn't as resilient again it does affect the eyes it does affect the pinpoint precision the timing all those things that he relies on absolutely very kind of meticulously in the ring to be able to do the work he does and the kind of style that he has Eddie. no agreed um let's talk about canelo the, the pound for pound king right easily uh, the greatest fighter on the planet right now. Some might say the biggest fighter on the planet right now, right? You, it's a toss-up between him and Anthony Joshua, financially, I mean. Um, we know it looks like it will be Caleb Plant next. That's the one he wants, right? That's the undisputed unified. I mean, I I watched Caleb Plant against Caleb Truax, and um, it's going to be a difficult, difficult evening for Caleb Plant. Who out there, 160, 168, I don't want to go to 175 because naturally that's not his weight class. Who out there do you think gives him the biggest problem? Because when I watch him, Gareth, I'm watching Canelo right now and I'm looking for mistakes. He's so good at everything now. I'm trying to look at him and say, okay, you do that wrong, you do that wrong. And it's very, very hard to find any mistakes on him. Well, look, I think Calaplant is a good um, matchup, mm. you know, but Calaplant will go in there and give it all he's got. Yeah, yeah. You've got to... You've The only people who've given... Um, Canelo problems are there's three fighters. He lost the first fight to Golovkin. I, I, I 100%. To the mark. 100%. Yeah. So, so he did lose to a guy who hurt him in that first fight yeah. and forced him onto his bike 
for two <laughs> rounds when he rethought his strategy. Yeah. He you've lost got, eight rounds to four. Him. He lost eight rounds to four or seven rounds to five in that f- first fight with Golovkin. I think he pipped him in the second fight. I, I'll go along with that. I did have him winning. Yeah. But I think Eris Landilara, who's got that slippery Cuban style, um, that was a very close fight as well. Very. And of course, Floyd Mayweather, mm. when Canelo was 23, not 30. This is so, it, right? And Mayweather was at his peak then. He really was around his peak. So... For me, and I disagree with you, I think he will unify, uh, I think he will become the undisputed and first Mexican to be the undisputed 12-stone super middleweight champion. Mm -hmm. I think the way Canelo is, I think he will like take an, I think he would like to take another fight with Golovkin. I think Golovkin would like another fight as well. Um, He's going to have to take a weight cut to do that in some ways. You don't think Golovkin will go to 168? After he's done that, well, who knows? I mean, mm. but but Golovkin might say no. You got to do one six four, or you got to do you know, yeah. and one sixty being being middleweight. But the real challenges are at light heavyweight. Mm. I want to see him go up. I mean, people say ridiculous things about him at the moment. Yeah. Um, like <laughs> like saw. like he could like, like he could, he could fight, fight at heavyweight. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like he could fight at heavy. No, it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, I don't think. I think if he if. If the if Terence Crawford was the same weight as him, I think Crawford could beat him. I, I think uh, I think if Errol Spence was the same weight, he'd give him a very very good fight. You know, you um, know the funny thing is, yeah, I'm laughing because I love the matchups. Honestly, if Terence Crawford was fighting right now at 154 pounds, Crawford would go up. If both of those guys were fighting right now, Errol or Crawford, it's just because there are two, they're almost now separated by 20 pounds. Almost the weight difference now is too big. But if Crawford right now is at 154 pounds, I'm with you, Crawford. And I'm saying it now like you did, Crawford can beat Canelo. Yeah, of course he can. Yeah. And that's why that's why there's, anyone can beat anyone on any given night in, in, in sport and in boxing. Um, but, um, you know, I mean, people who are at the very top level, say yeah, the top, yeah five, six pound for pound. But for me, and I think for Canelo himself, mm. his ambition is so great. He wants to deliver these big nights. Y- you aren't going to get many more Avni Yildirim fights. Y- yeah, he's yeah. going to step up and fight Arta Baturbiev. Oh. He's going to step up and fight Dmitry Bivol. These are, these are the challenges he needs. He's five foot eight. He's naturally, you know, 11 and a half, 12 stone. Go and fight the 12 stone seven pounders go and fight those guys and fight them at light heavyweight and i think he will go up there Mm. i think he will fight those guys i I think bivol's a good one because watching bivol versus craig richards bivol clearly can make one six eight not clearly it's going to be hard but bivol's not a big light heavy so that makes sense as a matchup at light heavy because i don't think bivol's gonna overpower him with size but turbiev i mean but, but you, you couldn't cut Baturbiev's leg off and make 168. He's a massive man. A massive yeah, man is, at 175. But, but Canelo, he's not going to do it right now, but he will age at some point. You mm. know, Canelo's not going to go up, you know, and got, not going to go on forever. He's saying he wants to go for seven years, but I, I don't see that. But I do think he's the kind of guy with a mindset that... We're not going to see a, a carefully manicured career no, all the way to 36. He's going to fight all comers. He's already lost. He said he learned so much from the Mayweather defeat. Mm. You know, I think there are aspects of him where, 
you know, he's starting to show off all his cars and his bikes and his, you know, and he's becoming a very, very big star. And I think there'll come a time where he, he, he's not self-entitled. I don't want to disrespect him in any way because he's a wonderful person. I've had the privilege of going into his training camp in San Diego and just myself and a photographer there while he's training. He's a fantastic guy. Um, but there'll come a time where it will begin to slide for him and we'll see how long he does stay around. Can I, you know, can he, I ask you some mythical matchup questions, Gav, very quickly? Go on, then. Do you mind, Jay? You don't mind, do you, me putting you like this on the spot? Mythical matchups. Guys at 168 pounds, yay or nay, who wins? Canelo Carl Froch, 168. Canelo, hmm. uh, in, a, in a razor type points decision where they've battered each other for 12 <laughs> rounds. Canelo Andre Ward. Ward points. Canelo James Tony. Tony will have won it in most of the purest eyes, but Canelo would have got the decision. <laughs> I like that answer. Finally, last one. Canelo versus, I think, one of the greatest of all time, Roy Jones Jr., 168 pounds. Roy Jones Jr. Roy Jones Jr. Indeed. And uh, can I say one other as well? Go Canelo on, versus on. Marvin Hagler. Ooh, Hagler. Uh, oh, really? At 160, Hagler? Oh, yeah. yeah Hagler, Hagler, Hagler at 160 all day long. What a war, though. What a war. That brutal, brutal. Is he an all-time great already for you, Canelo? Well, he's so big. I mean, 30 million Mexicans stop and Dude, put down whatever they're doing every time he fights. Mm. He's going to be even bigger. So he's a nailed down Hall of Famer. Yeah, he, he, he's taken over the mantle as, as the present great in the sport. Yeah, he absolutely I is. I like it. All right, it's Fight Extra here on TalkSport. So remember, if you missed any of today's show, you can always catch up with our podcast. Just search for The Fight Night wherever you download your podcast for access to all previous episodes. All right, next, next up, sorry, is this the week we've all been waiting for? We'll hear from Eddie Hearn, who has an update, a good update as well, on AJ Fury. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. if you send me the location... I will tell you, it's a hundred percent being announced this week. I've said that a few times, but I'm, I'm going one better than that. 
by, by our Manchester show. They've moved towards the date which is looking at August 14th, still in the Middle East. Saudi Arabia, uh, in Jeddah, everything's been signed. The only thing that we don't know is the date. When I look at those two together, I mean, you've got one guy who's working behind closed doors in Finchley with a dream to become undisputed champion. And then you've got another bloke who's swanning around in a, in a suite at the Encore in Las Vegas, wearing terrible Versace shirts, screaming around on social media all day, calling everyone a dosser. You have to do the hard yards under the dark lights to shine under the bright lights. I've been doing this for, I keep on the same, 100 years or so, and I've been, I've been involved with all the best fight, quite a lot of the best fighters from Britain. I've been on the road and had some magical, marvellous moments. This is the best I've ever seen from a British boxer. He isn't going to bring anything to the ring this is Final Extra here on TalkSport 2 with myself, Adi Oladupo and Gareth A. Davis. You at the start, you heard it. You heard the words from Eddie Hearn there speaking to Andy Perriwell from Boxing Social. He says it is 100% happening. And, and not just that, he also said there could be an announcement before the fight card this weekend. Remember, there is a fight card this weekend headlined by Joshua Boazzi, um, who's now with Virgil Hunter. That's what's going to happen. Fight's happening. Gareth, it's happening. We, we, can, we can bring up the passports. We're going to Saudi Arabia, I think. Well, it's not happening, Addy, until it's announced. No, you know? don't put it we've, we've, we've got to learn that. I mean, look, um, Eddie Hearn sounds very confident. I'm really happy that he's confident that it's going to be announced this week. Mm. It's a great thing to hear. But, you know, as he was saying, Tyson Fury swanning around in his Versace clothes in, in a suite in Las Vegas. But there was a very funny exchange between Eddie Hearn and Tyson Fury last week on on Eddie's own podcast where Fury claimed that Joshua was a fake, a businessman and not a Spartan. And he, there's a funny quote. He said, when he gets cracked right in the jaw, it's like a boiled egg with a split down the middle. It can't be repaired. <laughs> he will go. I'll even tell you what punch it's going to be. It'll be a check left hook to the temple. His legs will go and he'll fall on his face. He may get back up and I'll knock him out with a straight right. I can't wait to get the big dosser in the ring and give him a good hiding to prove what the to the world what a fake he is aj couldn't lace my boots it's all set up for the big one it's very exciting if they do announce it yeah it will be very exciting let's listen to this clip this is eddie hearn talking to andy Perrywell. this is immediately after canelo versus saunders in texas this is what eddie hearn had to say when asked about aj versus fury um no we thought about making some noise tonight but i think because of the various broadcasters, I don't think it would have gone down very well. So, you'll, um, I will say, right, this week, but I will tell you, it's 100% being announced this week. This is 100% done? Yes. I've said that a few times, but I'm, I'm going one better than that. By, by our Manchester show, <laughs> You've committed to now, I, I think I'm safe to say that. I think I'm safe to say that, yeah. Um, we had a good meeting with the governing bodies where you know we, we confirmed our position to them for the fight. So I'm not going to say too much, but yeah. I love it there. Eddie Hearn speaking to Andy Perwell from Boxing Social. I'm not going to say too much. You, you just did say too much. You, really, you said the fight's 100% done. What more can you say? You can't say 105% can you, Gareth? No, we, we believe it's August the 14th in Diria, um, Saudi Arabia. And... You know, look, he, you can you can hear the glee in Eddie Hearn's um, aura and his persona mm. that that they've finally got there. 
you know, it's 10 days ago that Bob Arum rang me and said, it's dead in the water. You remember that story, yep. Eddie? And because they were very concerned at the time that with the Saudi Arabians putting up 107 million pounds for this fight, that they had to do their due diligence. There were a lot of wrinkles to iron out in the contract. And it sound, and I know that all parties, three sets of lawyers, the, the three promoters, the two fighters, they've been on lots of Zoom calls, ironing it all out. And hopefully Eddie is very close, but not just Eddie. They're doing a unilateral mm. uh, announcement with Hearn, Warren, Aram, the four broadcasters involved, Skybox Office, DAZN, um, ESPN, BT Sport, they're all going to get, a, uh, you know, it's a big thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's like a conglomerate of companies coming together to announce the big thing. I hope it's going to be announced this week because, you know, when you th think back to December the 12th and Eddie said, we'll sit around the table when Joshua beat Pulev, we'll sit around the table and we'll, all, we'll get it all done on Monday. Four and a half months have gone, you know, so it's a relief. Five months, actually. It's a relief if they finally got it over the over the over the hill i, I like what you, you mentioned there because i think people um listening probably need to understand how difficult a fight of this magnitude is to make when you do have so many cooks in the kitchen right all the different broadcasters all the different promoters in-house fights are difficult to make of any sort of magnitude let alone a fight that's not in-house with promoters that let's be honest don't necessarily get on as well at the best of times this was always going to be difficult to make i mean the americans are begging begging for even conversations between errol spence and crawford nowhere near happening big fights take a long time to make gareth well, I think the extraordinary amounts of money involved as well have even pushed it further, as has COVID mm. with, with an audience. What kind of audience can they get? And look, everybody in their heart of hearts, you, me, and everybody who loves fight sports would have wanted this fight to have been at Wembley Stadium oh. with 100,000 people and the fight taking over the country for two weeks with an amazing narrative. Anthony Joshua, the bad guy being good, who the guy who was on a tag, who was found 11 years ago with, with drugs in his car, wearing his GB boxing tracksuit. So transformational. Such an icon for so many young people. From the BLM movement to, to the young hipsters, Anthony Joshua is a very very, very cool dude. Mm. I've had the privilege of being around him for, for 11 years now. He, he's a wonderful person. He's done extraordinary things for so many people and for the sport. And Tyson Fury, the mental health issues, losing 10 stone, representing his people, the traveler race. There's so many amazing narratives. And it may be lost a little bit with it happening in Saudi Arabia. And I think, you know, in my heart of hearts, I would love it to have been here. But if it is announced, I still think it will it will reach out into the mainstream in this country and be an enormous event. Yeah, that, I guess that's the only disappointment. And this is, I guess, we're being greedy that it probably is in Saudi. I mean, again, that's not been announced yet. We're, I'm just assuming that's probably where it will be because they're putting up the big the big dollars. You look at Canelo and Billy Joe Saunas at the weekend in Texas and you look at that arena and the stadium and when the lights go off and the camera phone's going up. And unfortunately, unless the Saudis can build a 70,000 indoor arena in two months and that they're very capable of doing it, we're not going to get that. I mean, I was there for AJ Ruiz and it was nice and they, they had a nice purpose-built venue isn't the same as Wembley, isn't the same as a principality. So that's the only shame, I think, that we're not getting it at the home of English football, which will turn into the home of British boxing. 
Yeah, exactly. And it won't be one of those balmy evenings we all remember mm. in the UK and people, you know, as you say, there would probably be 20, 25,000 people. Yeah. It'll be very similar feel to when you were out in Diria for, for Anthony Joshua, Andy Ruiz too. Mm. Um, it will be in prime time for the UK, of course. Um, but, you know, COVID has made people have to do things outside the yeah. box and think outside the box. That was what's so extraordinary, just to jump back to Canelo Saunders for one moment, was so extraordinary to see this record indoor crowds when COVID is still an issue. That, that, I mean, the backdrop, the cradle to this whole thing, it's kind of extraordinary. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, we, 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 this is a momentous moment for mm. British boxing to have a British, an all British fight um, that is for the undisputed heavyweight crown, once called the richest prize in sport. And this will be one of the very, very richest fights. And I think I'd still like them to have said, oh, never mind about the money. Yeah. Let's just do it at Wembley yeah. anyway. But it's gone so far. There is so much available for these two men who are in their early 30s, who've put so much into what they do for so long that, it's it's not just life changing money. It's generational changing money for two men who are massive figures, both in our sport and now in the mainstream. Yeah, in, indeed. I mean, look, Eddie Hearn said it. You heard it. You heard the words there of Gareth A. Davis. Let's hope we do get the announcement before the the fight card on the weekend. I mean, it's going to go crazy, isn't it? If we get that announcement that we're getting AJ versus Fury, wherever it is, look, I would want it to be at Wembley. I'd want it to be anywhere, Tottenham Stadium. But even if it is happening in Saudi Arabia, trust me, I've got my passport ready. I'm going to be there. All right, you're listening to Final Extra here on TalkSport 2, where every single Monday we discuss all the latest from the world of boxing and MMA. If you've missed any of the show or would like to listen again, then you can check out our podcast over at TalkSport.com under the Fight Night banner. All right, enough of boxing talk. When we come back, we're going to be talking all things MMA. Nothing can stop me, I'm all the way up. Big knockout! Big right hand dance hurt. This is Final Extra here on TalkSport 2 with myself, Adi Oladipo and Gareth A. Davis. All right, let's switch our attention now uh, to the world of MMA. We are going to talk both UFC and Bellator. Let's start, though, Gareth, with UFC. It's UFC 262 on the weekend. Main event, Oliveira versus Chanda for the lightweight strap, right? Khabib Namagamadov is no longer. He's no more. Um, it's going to be Oliveira versus Chandler. This was supposed to be the card as well, which had Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz. So that's a shame that we don't get to see that because I think that would have been exciting. Just a build-up, right? Um, this one hasn't got as many eyeballs on it, maybe because of those two not being in, in this anymore, but it's still a fantastic fight between Oliveira, who's won his last, what, eight. Um, Chandler's come over from Bellator. We are going to talk Bellator, former lightweight champion there. Beat Dan Hooker, which is no easy doing. Puts himself in the position... What do you make of this fight? 
Well, it's brilliant. And as you rightly say, um, you know, Leon Edwards and Nate Diaz would have been an amazing addition to the card. Over mm. five rounds it was going to be as well. But that's at 2-6-3 now anyway. Yeah, yeah. And that's not long to wait. Nate Diaz got a, a, a hand injury. I suspect he wanted a little bit more of a camp after he <laughs> looked at how good Leon Edwards really is. Leon Edwards, for me, the pound-for-pound best in Britain at the moment, in my view. Maybe even in Europe. Yeah. And um, look... Michael Chandler, I've known him a long time. He's a wonderful person. He's a wrestler striker. He's like a mini Mike Tyson. He doesn't like doing overtime. He likes to finish people quickly. He's got devastating power in both hands. He brings it. He counters brilliantly. As I say, heavy hooks and overhand rights. Um, and he's great on the ground. I think for me, Charles Oliveira, who obviously has a victory over... Um, over Tony Ferguson recently, yeah, yeah. who's on an eight-fight winning streak. I've known Charles Oliveira, Charles Oliveira, for a very long time. He's a 10, I think it's 11-year veteran now in the UFC. Mm. He's a man who even walks to the prepping point with his glasses on. He's the sweetest man you've ever met. If you met him in a bar and he told you he was a cage fighter or a mixed martial artist, as I should say, but just to put a gloss on the story. If he told you he was a cage fighter, you would never believe him. Agreed. But if a brawl broke out in the bar, he'd put 10 people to sleep. <laughs> He's brilliant. He's brilliant on the ground. He transitions brilliantly. This is Chandler's fight to win early and claim the lightweight title. And it's Oliveira's fight to win late, in my view. Yeah, I think Oliveira's, um, Oliveira's come up and in the last few years has been incredible. Um, obviously, that fight against Tony Ferguson and, and the damage he caused Tony Ferguson, who's on this card as well. Uh, very quickly, obviously, look, it's for the lightweight title. Um, look, Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor. Dustin would have been fighting for the lightweight title unless he's chosen money over the title. And I, I don't blame him, by the way, to do that. What about the likes of Justin Gaethje, who's not happy? He's come out and said a few things like, how comes uh, Chandler's come over one win against Dan Hooker and he's fighting in front of me? Obviously, Justin had a chance against Khabib, but lost. But you can understand Justin's frustration a little bit here. Well, you can, but I can't. I mean, mm. his, look, um, Michael Chandler came into the UFC. They threw Dan Hooker at him, one of the great chins yeah. in the division. Very big guy for lightweight. You know, you stand next to Dan Hooker. He's six foot one, a massive chest on him, the Antipodean. He's a very powerful fighter. He was a rising star of the division. What did Chandler do? Just put him to sleep. Mm. But inside, inside around, and he showed what a crowd pleaser he is. No, I think he deserves the shot. Listen, it might have been Charles Oliveira and Dustin Poirier for the title, as you say. Poirier's gone the the McGregor trilogy route. He wants to have on his resume um, two victories over Conor McGregor and a a big, big bank balance. <laughs> so you can't fault him for that. He's been around forever as well, the diamond. So. He's cashing in on, on what he wanted to do. No, I'm absolutely satisfied with it. Um, you know, I'm just, I think it's a shame that Khabib has gone. Yeah. Um, and I don't think he will be back anytime soon. Um, let's see. Look, if, 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 if um, Michael Chandler knocks out Charles Oliveira, 
a matchup with Justin Gaethje and oh. and and um and Chandler down the line is brilliant. Mm. We will see it. He's brought lights to the division. He's put a flit of fire under the division. They needed that on the retirement of Khabib. Yeah, no, agreed. I want to quickly touch on you mentioned Showman and and you're 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 talking there. I mean, there is not many bigger showmen than Michael Venom Page. Uh, Bellator two fifty eight over the weekend. Uh, Michael Venom Page got that. Ridiculous knockout victory over Derek Anderson. Talk to us, talk to us, Gareth, for how, how special Michael Venom Page looked that night. Listen, he is <laughs> the highlight reel. Well, there's another guy in Bellator called Raymond Daniels. They're both freestyle kickboxers, some of the greatest kickboxers we've ever seen. They've translated that brilliantly into MMA. What I found extraordinary, and obviously... He, he, he's just, for anyone that hasn't seen it, go on social media and have a little look. Google Michael Venom Page and Derek Anderson. What's extraordinary is he gets Anderson to sway away and down by fainting. Mm. And then how he angles his kick to make his foot absolutely mash onto the nose of his opponent is extraordinary. And immediately the the, the hard part of the foot has sunk and, and smashed and flattened Anderson's nose. He didn't knock him out, yeah. but he smashed his nose so far down. I don't think Anderson could breathe out of yeah, it. Yeah. And when he went back to the corner, there was a doctor stoppage. It's one of the, he is one of the most incredible fighters. People do not give Michael Venom Page credit. Anderson is a big guy and a dangerous fighter. It's extraordinary what, what Page does. He is a star of the sport, period. I love the way you mentioned Raymond Daniels as well there because George St. Pierre mentioned him. They asked George St. Pierre, who is the best striker in all of MMA? George St. Pierre actually said Raymond Daniels. He said he's striking. He said, obviously, you need a bit more in MMA, but just pure striker, Raymond Daniels. Quick word on uh, Rumble Johnson as well. First time back in four years. Gets the knockout. Not happy, though, with his performance. Well, he didn't. But the weird thing about that fight, uh, the late replacement, because um, Yoel Romero has um, optical issues that mm. he needs to get sorted out before he fights again. Obviously, we were anticipating that fight. Late replacement, uh, Jose Augusto, the Brazilian. And what happens is uh, Augusto, counter left hook, Knocks Rumble down and out on his feet. He did, wasn't even aware of it afterwards, <laughs> but he comes and, and Augusto broke his hand as well during the fight. Um, Rumble's nearly finished in the first round, comes out in the second and a big straight right hand that puts the big Brazilian to sleep. Rumble was annoyed afterwards in the post-fight interview with John McCarthy that he was being, um, but, but basically didn't know he'd been knocked out. Yeah, didn't. That's it for this week. Thank you once again for downloading the podcast. We'll be live again next Monday on TalkSport 2. And if you miss us, make sure to subscribe to Fight Night Podcast to catch up with all our other episodes. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.